Mysterious-ish. Contains graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. (laughs) Hey guys, so before we start this episode, I just wanted to let you know that unfortunately, Erica's mic was not working as well as we thought it was. Um, It was plugged in and it looked like it was functioning, but unfortunately, it just didn't pick it up, pick up her voice as strongly as it should have. So you just get stuck with a lot more Caitlin this week. (laughs) Sorry, I did try to amplify her voice when she was speaking, but um, I did what I could. Um, So Erica's episode is not going to be like that. So go ahead and head on over to her episode after this one and give that one a listen too. Enjoy the episode. How the fuck are we going to start this? Just like that? Yeah. How the fuck are we going to start this? Beautiful. Hey, so, uh, this is not murder on the music scene. This is mysterious-ish. <laughs> that is how we should do it. That's it. We just figured it out right now. <laughs> Both of us have to say ish at the same time. Okay, 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 okay. That's how it's happening. Ready? This is mysterious. Ish. <laughs> it's so dumb, but it's so fun. Okay, okay. Wow. Okay, so um, we should probably tell the people who we are. So uh, I'm Caitlin. Oh fuck! So that must mean that I'm Erica. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. I'm Erica. Yeah, I'm Caitlin. <laughs> so it's been a minute. How y'all doing? You have a good, uh, like, Valentine's Day and shit? Because that's the only thing that's happened since then. Oh, I guess St. Patrick's Day will have happened. Anyways, um, so this show, yeah, we don't really know what the fuck's going on. And that's the whole point of this show. We're going to talk, yeah, 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 we're going to talk about mysterious shit. So this season, we are attacking, that's right, we're doing seasons now. This season... Season two, because uh, Murder on the Music Scene is season one, season two is going to be conspiracy theories, just like in general, conspiracy theories instead of being about musicians, just just conspiracies, whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So every other week you'll get um a different conspiracy or every week you'll get a different conspiracy from one week it'll be me the next week it'll be erica so forth and so on yes 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 this week you get me and this week actually today you're getting two because you get two merry christmas uh (laughs) happy st patty's day (laughs) um yes all of the above (laughs) all right <laughs> Something wrong with us today. It's fine. God, I wish. I wish. Wait. I wish I had an accent. Same. I have. Um. Sometimes I burst into Minnesotan slash Canadian. Also, other times I get a little Brooklyn. Sometimes I get Southern. I can't help it. 
I am like the physical embodiment of everything that I've ever heard ever. Same. <laughs> so my okay. Minnesotan slash Canadian comes Minnesota. from the, the wine and crime gals. Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Wow. <laughs> so today I got a doozy for ya. A doozy for this, um, help, what's the word I'm thinking of? First, first, debut. For this debut episode of Season Dose, we're going to be talking about a little something called Project Pegasus. Fucking love unicorns. Oh. Unicorns don't have wings, do they? Wait, do they? Pegasus, Pegasuses, Pegasi. Mm, don't have horns. Are you sure? Do unicorns have wings? Listeners, help. <laughs> Erica's gonna do a quick search. <laughs> so this one, this one, listen, I have a lot of fucking notes and um, this shit took me like five days to sort out because oh my god, I couldn't find anything like written. So a lot of this is gonna come from like podcasts. Um, One podcast that I listened to was and that's why we drink episodes 102 and 103 oh unicorns do have wings okay it's literally just called a winged unicorn oh okay with wings like a pegasus oh okay so a pegasus is a completely different creature okay yeah i just remember my sister's posters and she oh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) exactly the poster you're talking about so yeah so some of this um comes from and that's why we drank episodes 102 and 103. M covered this in those episodes. Um, but also, I found some written articles. There aren't a lot because it's a government conspiracy that's not declassified. So, there wasn't a lot of written information. And a lot of the articles all said the same shit because they all used each other as sources. So, okay. So, let's just, let's just do this because it's probably going to be a long one. So. Oh, yeah. On September 11th, 2012, so on the 11th anniversary of 9-11, a Washington lawyer by the name of Andrew Basiago wrote and signed an affidavit claiming that the U.S. government knew about the 9-11 terrorist attacks 30 years before they happened. How did Mr. Basiago know this? Well... Because from the years 1968 to 1972, he was a time traveler or a chrononaut. Um, And he was a chrononaut for the secret government project called Project Pegasus. Okay, so let's back up a little bit here. So Andrew Basiago, I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. I've also heard Basiago, Basiago. Baj, I don't fucking know. Bougie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna call him Basiago. Deal with it. So, uh, Andrew Basiago was born on September 18th, 1961, in Morristown, New Jersey. His father's name was Raymond Basiago, and he worked as an engineer for the Parsons Corporation, which Wikipedia describes as quote an American technology-based intelligence, security, and infrastructure engineering firm. Basically technology Hmm. and engineering okay so raymond's career becomes important right Mm, yeah when andrew was just six years old his father enrolled him in this classified government program called project pegasus according to andrew's affidavit quote 
Project Pegasus was a classified defense-related research and development program for the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA. Project Pegasus was the U.S. time-space program at the time of the emergence of quantum access in the U.S. defense technical community. Time travel. That's what Project Pegasus is. Cool? Cool. So he goes on to explain some terms here. Uh, DARPA is the agency that develops advanced weapon systems, communication devices, and surveillance technologies for the U.S. Department of Defense. So basically, DARPA is another branch of the Department of Defense. Uh, Quantum access is the ability to gather information about about a non-local event in the time-space continuum by either sending a chrononaut there physically or propagating a hologram of the event through which the chrononaut either views the event or visits the event on a physio-virtual basis. Time travel. Um, He also explains that non-local events are events that we refer to as taking place in the past or future, but they're really just happening simultaneously in alternate realities. So what he's saying is the past, the present, and the future are what we call them, but this is all, they're all theoretically happening at the exact same time in different universes. Not universes, realities, alternate realities. Um, So all of this comes from his affidavit, which is available to the public if you're interested in reading it. But I had to, I found it on Scribd, and I had to get a um, subscription to Scribd. Um, That's not an ad. He says that the hope for Project Pegasus was to learn about the future so that the president, intelligence community, and the military could plan for future events, such as (laughs) 9-11. So in addition to Raymond, who was Andrew's father, working for the Parson, Com- Parsons Corporation, he also secretly worked, quote, as the technical liaison between Parsons and the CIA on theory, on the theory and practice of teleportation. So not only were they working on time travel, but also teleportation. Andrew tried to confirm that his father had worked for the CIA Um, But they told him that they could not disclose information about living or deceased CIA personnel. But Raymond Basiago can be found in the CIA employee database. So he did for sure work for them. We just don't know in what context he worked for them. Andrew also says that teleporters were fully functional by circa 1967. So that's been a hot second. So when Andrew was six years old, He joined his father on his first jump, resulting in them teleporting from New Jersey to New Mexico, literally across the country. I almost said company. Country. It's fine. He says that the teleporter was located in building 68 at the old Curtis Wright Aeronautical Company in company facility in Woodridge, New Jersey. So this the following information comes from uh, the podcast, and that's why we drink episodes 102 and 103. This is like pretty much straight out of M's mouth. So when they, when Raymond and Andrew arrived at building 68, Raymond showed the security person his credentials and told them to turn on the building in, (laughs) I hate it here, turn on the machine in building 68. Andrew described the machine as showing a screen with, quote, static watery energy. His dad told him that they were going to hold hands and jump in together. When they jumped in, all Andrew saw was a blue and white tunnel of light. After a few seconds, they arrived in New Mexico at the Capitol building. 
So once Andrew and his father arrived in New Mexico, they drove to the Los Los Alamos lab. I don't know why they couldn't have just like teleported to this lab because the Capitol building is very much public and people could see them just like fucking materializing out of nowhere. So anyways, they went to this lab to meet Dr. Harold Agnew, who was a physicist and also the director of this lab. Now, let me tell you about Mr. Dr. Harold Agnew. According to Wikipedia, um, he is mostly known for, quote, having flown as a scientific observer on the Hiroshima bombing mission. So he, like, flew in a plane over Hiroshima when they dropped the fucking nuclear bomb. And he was just, like, there to observe, just watching. Whatever. He also um, worked on the Castle Bravo nuclear test. And he was literally known as the father of the atomic bomb. But um, he was also a New Mexico state senator in the late 1950s. So, you know, bombs and politics, they, they go hand in hand, right? Okay, back to the main event here. Andrew says that while he and his father were in Dr. Agnew's office, he overheard the men talking about Tesla, the scientist, not the self-parking vehicle. Right. Nikola Tesla. Um, He remembers seeing, quote, secret equipment that was built based on Tesla's blueprints and papers. Now, we have to go on a little tangent to explain why (laughs) Nikola Tesla matters in this whole story. But I'm not going to give you a whole fucking biography on Nikola Tesla because, good God, I'm only getting started. So, here we go. We're just going to skip right to the end of his life. Tesla died very unexpectedly in 1943, and a lot of his patents and other work just, like, disappeared. They just fucking vanished. So around the same time that Tesla died and all of his shit disappeared is when the government began their time travel and teleportation work. It is believed that Tesla was working on on time travel and teleportation technology at the time of his death. So they stole it. They, They stole it. Allegedly. Allegedly. Everything in this episode is alleged. Please don't sue me. Okay, so back to Andrew's affidavit. He says that he was officially enlisted in Project Pegasus in the fall of 1969 when he was seven years old. Um, He had to soin. Soin. (laughs) He had to sign a loyalty and secrecy oath with the Department of Defense. Um, He goes on in his affidavit. He says, quote, during 1969 to 72, the learning laboratory for gifted and talented school children at my public elementary school, Mount View Road School in Morris Plains, New Jersey, was used as a training course for time travel activities that I was then involved in at defense contractor locations in New Jersey and New Mexico. In this educational context, I received alpha intelligence training in such abilities as perception, memory, and communication. So basically, they turned his elementary school into like a little time travel training time, a chrononaut training center. So he received training for these specific skills like perception, memory, and communication because when he would time travel, you know, as a very young child, uh, his mission was to observe and report back. So he had to learn how to remember the things as he saw them and also describe his experiences back to people. So he had to learn perception, memory, and communication. Make sense? Yes. Okay. You have questions so far. I'm talking really fast. 
How old is he again? He's like seven, right? He's like seven. All right. We will talk about why there are children involved in this potentially dangerous science shit. Now, here say, um, that was pretty brave that his dad just took him by the hand at the age of six and was like, hey, buddy, let's, let's go. So, later. What? <laughs> listen, later in his life, Andrew discovered that at the time when Andrew started jumping, his father had already been jumping for like four or five years oh, at that okay, point. Okay. So he'd been jumping for a while before he was just like, come oh, on, God. son, let's go. Oh, I thought the dad was like, all right, we're doing this together, buddy. First time, here we go. Yeet. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, I guess it would have been cool because like, what if it was the first time and it was successful and the kid could have been part of the first discovery but then what if it ended bad yeah and they never came back <laughs> nah they tested it on others first but uh he does become like the first child teleporter slash chrononaut time traveler you know so how does this like teleporting and time travel technology work oh thank you well, let me tell you radiant energy you got that you know what that is <sighs> me neither according to our old bud Tesla, the self-driving car, uh, radiant energy, <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> Elon, Elon okay, so according to our old bud Tesla, radiant energy is, quote, latent and pervasive in the universe, but has the capacity to bend time and space. I don't know what that means. So the machines that were in the, quote, jump rooms, as they were lovingly called, was made of two elliptical booms, which Andrew described as looking like giant parentheses. Uh, inside these elliptical booms were tiny ports that had blue and green lights coming from them. This machine used radiant energy to form what Andrew calls a, quote, shimmering curtain that acts like a vortex-like tunnel for chrononauts to jump through. Once you walk through the curtain, you're just in the middle of a freaking wormhole that just transport you, transports you somewhere else on the time space. Continue on. Because science... He said, quote, when the tunnel closed, we found ourselves at our destination. It felt like you were moving at a great rate or not moving at all, depending on the person. And, quote, if we were in the hologram for 15 minutes or fewer, the hologram would collapse. And after about 60 seconds, we would find ourselves back on the platform in the present. So the actual, like, process didn't last that long. But, you know, time is weird. So Andrew is really just just teleporting for a while. Um, they keep him in the same time period until they feel comfortable with sending him to a different one. At first, they just sent him back a few hours to get him used to the feeling of time traveling. But eventually, he was given missions as like a full-fledged time traveler. He's like eight. He claims to have gone back to the 1800s a couple times, including the Revolutionary War. Like, he walked into George Washington's fucking tent during the Revolutionary War and was like, what's up, Mr. President? He also claims to have gone to Lincoln's Gettysburg Address and Lincoln's assassination. Once again, he's just like, what's up, Mr. President? I'm fucking eight. He could have been a hero at eight and saved President so listen, let's talk about this right now. So this whole, all of this started because he said that like the government knew about 9-11 30 years in advance, basically is what I'm going to get to later. So why didn't they stop it? Why didn't they stop Lincoln's assassination? Well, because as you'll see, 
it doesn't make sense to try to change the past or prevent something in the future because, I mean, butterfly effect. You fuck everything up. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, you obviously can't change the past because I mean, of butterfly effect. Wouldn't he have fucked shit up if he's going up to the president and be like, hey, what's up? I mean, I don't know. He I definitely... Like walking into, like, George Washington's tent, I'm sure, like, George Washington would have been like... Why is there a fucking child in my tent? That has probably regular looking clothes. No, no, no. So actually, actually, they, they, before they transported him to a different time, they would dress him in clothes of that time period so that he didn't look like he didn't fucking stick out like a sore thumb. But let's talk about this. Okay. So back it up a little bit and let's talk about the, his experience at Lincoln's assassination at Ford Theater April 14th, 1864. Okay, so at this point, Andrew was expected to observe and report back. He was not supposed to talk to anybody, not supposed to do anything, just observe and report. That's it. He was given a signal each time to when he needed to be heading back. In this case, it was the sound of the gunshot that killed Lincoln. So as soon as he heard that gunshot, he was supposed to dip the fuck out of that theater. He claimed that he never saw Lincoln get shot because he's fucking eight, thank God. But um, what he did see at Ford Theater during his second trip to this night was himself. He ran into himself the second time because he went back to Lincoln's assassination. He said five to six times. And the second, like after the first time, he ran into himself. Yeah. So he wasn't just like visiting a time that had already happened. He was legit changing history. He says that he was visiting an alternate or um, yeah, an alternate reality on adjacent timelines. So he ran into himself. Like, so if he goes Monday and he goes back, and then leaves, <clears throat> comes back to the 1970s. And then Tuesday, he goes again back to 1864. He ran into Monday's version of him. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm Isn't that so fucking trippy? Yeah. Can you imagine? I would. I would cry. I'd be like, <laughs> excuse <laughs> me. At the age of eight, I would cry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so the Gettysburg thing. Um, he, let me just read this paragraph because then I'll segue into it. Um, he also said that he was afraid he was going to be caught since he was running into himself. In fact, when he went to witness the Gettysburg Address, he was given a letter that was addressed to, uh, Navy Secretary Gideon Wells in the event that he was arrested while he was there. Why would a 10-year-old be arrested? Well, um, because he, like wasn't necessarily dressed correctly they tried to dress him up like a little page boy but they fucked up the shoes oh no not the shoes in fact there's a photo an infamous photo i don't know why i'm saying it like that an infamous photo of andrew balciago as a small child at the gettysburg address i'm not i have it right here look at his shoes it's hard to see, and you can't really tell that it's him because it's so blurry. Right. What's he wearing? Fucking Nikes? Yeah, Adidas or some shit like that. Like, literally. They kind of looked at him and was like, I've never fucking seen those before. Yeah. So, Andrew Basiago claims that that is him. He swears that the kid in that picture is him. 
but who knows it's very blurry wasn't great picture quality in the 1860s <laughs> it's not like they're walking around with an iphone 12 <laughs> so you're right you could have time traveled to 2022 we'll get to it <laughs> so in his affidavit uh andrew describes the training he underwent so i'm gonna give you a brief rundown so it started out as remote viewing mind you there's 140 other children involved in this we will discuss the use of children we'll get to it so this started out as remote viewing which sounds exactly like it is they pretty much watched it on a screen except it was like a hologram so whatever the next one the next step in this whatever is fucking wild so i'm just gonna quote it quote in spring 1970 this is from andrew's affidavit quote in spring 1970 the children in my group took part in exercises in which we were laid on our backs on a tabletop like device and spun clockwise at 33 rotations per minute and that sounds very fast to me although maybe not because it's 33 so it's probably like a little over one a second i don't know or every two seconds one every two seconds I don't know, math, whatever. In this way, we were trained to go, quote, out of body. Um, <clears throat> during one astral projection, I confronted a barrier that the lady from DARPA who debriefed me stated was the infrastructure propagating the hologram we exist in. The Matrix. Fucking <laughs> this fucking 10-year-old boy saw the Matrix. <laughs> I think he's like eight at this point, actually. So he's even like... You can't even comprehend that. I can't comprehend that. And I am almost 24. What the fuck? fuck? So, oh my God. From there, it becomes, becomes, becomes something, fuck. (laughs) From there, it becomes something called the Montauk chair. Here, the children astral project into their own futures and then are debriefed on what they saw. Then they start teleporting. And then they used the chronovisor. Chronovisors are, quote, these are a lot of words, I'm so sorry, quote, electro-optical devices that by driving an electromagnetic magnetic signal through a crystal array propagates a hologram that lenses a non-local event into the laboratory. Basically, it projects an image or scene using electromagnetic signals and crystals. Here is where they begin seeing past and future events from there it moves on to quote plasma confinement chamber which sounds like a literal torture chamber but it's fine this is quote a chamber where plasma is emitted here this machine is where he claims to have gone to gettysburg the next thing is called the stargate um he says this was located in a gymnasium in cerillos new mexico sorry this is when he traveled to the year 2045. So now he's traveling to the future as well as the past. Finally, the jump room. Quote, before I left my period of service attached to Project Pegasus in 1972, I witnessed a device about the size of a microwave oven through which things like documents from Washington, D.C. were arriving in New Mexico. I believe that it was this time travel technology from which the jump rooms were developed, via which, by the late 1970s, the U.S. government was sending, mar- sending personnel Mars. Yes, that's incorrect grammar. 
But that's what's written in his fucking affidavit. So whatever. So basically they're like putting shit in a microwave, like documents in a microwave and it's being sent to Mars. So it's fine. We'll get to it. Okay. Andrew also claims that he has seen the future. Specifically, he has been to the year 2045. He said that the building that contained the jump room in 2045 was made of emerald and tungsten steel. But he also said that 2045 was a time of peace and environmental stability. Yeah. So, fingers crossed, I guess. Bet, because I thought you were about to tell me some horrible ass shit. The way we're looking right now, it's not looking too hot. Okay. By 2045, we'll be lucky if we even exist. So this is where we circle back to the beginning of the story. Andrew was sent to the year 2045 to retrieve a canister of microfilm to be brought back to the 1970s. The microfilm contained information of major events between the years 1970 and 2045. In his affidavit, he writes, quote, The future events, developments, and conditions that I acquired prior knowledge of as a result, that's hard to say, acquired prior knowledge of as a result of serving as a child on Project Pegasus included, but were not limited to, the resignation of President Richard M. Nixon, the advent of the internet, the emergence of AIDS as an epidemic disease, the presidencies of U.S. Presidents Carter, Bush, Clinton, and Bush. So... George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush. Um, Widespread cell phone use in the future. The fact that Donald H. Rumsfeld, we'll talk about him in a minute, would one day serve as the defense secretary and the attack on the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center on 9-11. Okay, here we go. Before we go any farther, we're going to discuss the burning questions on everyone's mind right now. Burning question one. Why in the actual fuck are there children involved in this, like, Potentially dangerous experimental technology. Feature. Mm-hmm. Again, most of this information is coming from either episode 102 or 103 of And That's Why We Drink. So by the time Andrew was actively time traveling, there were about 140 other children who were also active participants. So children were easier for them to use because they are easily adaptable. Um, there were five reasons that children were involved. And this comes... I need to talk into my microphone. This comes straight from M's mouth because I couldn't find their sources, so don't attack me. So, one, they were experimental test subjects into the physical and mental effects of teleporting on children. They wanted to test specifically on children. I don't know why. Number two, the holograms produced by the chronovisors would collapse if adults were involved because adults are larger. Three, they were regarded as better participant observers because children were blank slates, so they couldn't come back and be like, that fucking Abraham Lincoln, you know. Uh, Four, they were trainees expected to become America's first generation of chrononauts in a full-fledged time-space program when they grew up. So they were being groomed to become the first time travelers, basically. And finally, because the... Uh, psychological effects of moving between alternate timelines was damaging to adult time travelers' psyches. They couldn't handle how time had changed or maybe just like the physiological effects on their bodies that time traveling took on them. So they had a specific reason for wanting to use children, but they didn't start off using children who were volunteered for it. Because why would they do that? This is really fucked up, so like trigger warning, okay? 
So they actually started by using homeless and orphaned children from Mexico, Chile, Venezuela, and Argentina. Super fucked up, but what else do you expect from our government? Um, There is an account of a child who was sent on a so-called jump before the kinks had all been worked out. And when he came back, he came back a whole minute before his legs did. Oh, God. They came back. His legs came back. But he was just laying on the ground, writhing in pain for a full fucking 60 seconds until they returned. And I thought my childhood trauma was bad. God damn. Wait, so they just returned to his body? Like, he wasn't, like, cut or anything? Nope. Just his half was there, and then, like, obviously the bottom half wasn't there, and then it just came back like it never left? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Talk about <laughs> fucking trauma. God. I feel like that would be worse. Can like... you Can you imagine the phantom pains? Like, imagine you're sleeping at night. Mm. You're just asleep. Mm. And then you have a nightmare about what fucking happened to you and then all of a sudden you wake up and you're like oh my legs are gone but they're still fucking there it's like reverse phantom pains yeah what the fuck okay so by 1980 andrew was done with project pegasus but the government recruited him again to come back and work with them some more um at this point project pegasus was using time travel to identify future u.s presidents Many of these future presidents were actually recruited as kids and teens to be involved in DARPA programs. So someone would travel forward or back in time to when these presidents were children and basically say, hey, you're going to be president one day. Like for real. No joke. Not like my mommy says I can do anything when I grow up. So I'm going to be president. No, these bitches were going up to these fucking children and teenagers and being like, hey, bud. You're going to be president of the United States one day. What is, what are, what? What do you mean, what year is this? What year, what year was this year? Like 1980 is when they started uh, trying to identify future U.S. presidents. Okay. Um, so they would then brief these future presidents on secret government projects and programs. And they would then be recruited into the DARPA programs. So our boy Andrew got to meet some future presidents and vice presidents, including both of the George Bushes, Dick Cheney, Dick Cheney. and William Clinton, Bill Clinton. So the whole point, I don't remember. I was, I don't think I was alive. Alexa, when was Bill Clinton president? Probably before I was alive. It's fine. Yeah, because I think we only, I think in our lifetime we've only had a Bush, Obama, and Trump. And Biden. No. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Holy shit. We've only had four presidents throughout our whole lives. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because Obama had served two. Bush served two. Yeah. And now, and then, yeah. Anyways. So. All right. (laughs) That's the charm. Here we go. The whole point in finding and briefing these future presidents and vice presidents is to have them learn, learn, learn the government's inside projects and to help them learn about classified intelligence and to help shape them into capable leaders. They clearly missed a certain recent president when they were doing this. So Andrew claims that he was told he would be president or vice president one day. He said that before 2028, he would be elected into office in some way or another. He did run for president in 2016, 
but he didn't have enough money to get himself onto Wait, the. So this guy is still alive. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So he was born in sixty one. So he's like for sure. If, like something tragic happened. No, no, no. You know. No, 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 no. He's still alive and well. Yeah, he's my mom's age. Yeah. So no, 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 no. He didn't have enough money to get himself onto the ballots because it costs like four or five million dollars. Fun fact. So when they told him that he would be president, they said they saw him promoting an extraterrestrial and space secret space program disclosure platform. He already has started this platform, even though he is not and has never been president. This platform is called, tell me if you can guess what it, what it, what it spells, Mars Anomaly Research Society. Um, Mars Anomaly Research Society. It literally spells Mars. Mm-hmm. Less than original, Andrew. So I read an interview with Andrew from Vice, and he discusses his political stances briefly. One thing he insists he will do when he becomes president, when he becomes president, yes. um, is declassify the information about Project Pegasus and teleportation technology. Uh, he also wants to implement teleportation to make it the normal way of travel. Um, he has a good point. I mean, it would be so much better on the earth if we're all just like, pop, 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 everywhere we want to go, you know, instead of like driving and like using gas. Plus, like, think of all the money you'd save. Whoo! Think of how much money you'd save. So, <laughs> he also says that he wants to add to the endangered species list. Can you guess? Just take wildest fucking guess. Take the sharpest left turn. A giraffe. This creature may or may not exist. No, but you're getting closer. Fucking Sasquatch. <gasps> not Sasquatch. He wants to put Sasquatch on the endangered species list. Fuck you, <laughs> So why? Why does he want to put Sasquatch on the endangered species list? Let me tell you. Because... He had a personal experience with a Sasquatch. Personal, all right. And the Sasquatch's son. What? When Andrew was four years old. <laughs> Listen. By the time this child was ten. No, not even ten. By the time this child was like seven, he had already teleported, time-traveled, and experienced a Sasquatch. <laughs> That's more exciting than the almost 25 years I've been on this earth. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so like, he was four. This could have been like a super hairy, very tall dude that he encountered. And like, I don't know, his big ass dog. I mean, it could have just been a, like a, a gorilla or something. Even. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to a four-year-old, that gorilla is going to look pretty big. Exactly. Who the fuck knows what this child I mean, actually is? I was four, too. I don't remember anything when I was four. No. I... I know everyone's different. My fucking brother was born when I was four, and I still don't remember that. I literally... My earliest memory is probably kindergarten. Like, that's not true, because I do remember fracturing my wrist when I was only three. Oof. But that was a pretty traumatic experience yeah, for a little three-year-old baby Caitlin, so... Maybe that experience was very traumatic for me. Maybe. Okay. So why does he have this program called Mars? What does Mars have to do with time travel? Well, let me tell you why Andy is interested in Mars. 
He's fucking been there. He's been there. No. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Not only has he been there to Mars, mm. the red planet, mm. he has been there with the 44th president of these United States, Barack Obama. My man Barack went to Mars? Oh, yeah. Listen. So, DARPA not only had a time travel slash teleportation program, they also had a freaking Mars training program to literally travel and inhabit the red planet. So, Andrew Bassiago claims that he attended a three-week seminar about Mars in the 1980s while at UCLA. The seminar was taught by Major Ed Dames, who at the time was a scientific and technical intelligence officer for the Army. Ten teenagers were enrolled in this program. Amongst these teenagers were Brett Stillings, who would eventually become another government whistleblower, Barry Satoro, a.k.a. Barack Obama. Barry Satoro is his, like, original name. Barry comes from Barack. Satoro was a not-blood-related family's name. What? What? Hold on. <laughs> and Regina Dugan, who um, would eventually become the director of DARPA under the Obama administration. So amongst these 10 teenagers that were enrolled in this program are Andrew Basiago, Barack Obama, this guy named uh, Brett Stillings, who is really only important right now, um, and another woman named Regina Dugan. Regina Dugan would eventually become the director of DARPA under Obama's presidency. So, the jump room that they used to teleport to Mars was apparently just across the street from LAX in a building that was run by Hughes Aircraft. Brett Stillings, sorry, I know I said he was only important then, but now he makes a statement in 2011, saying, quote, I can confirm that Andrew D. Basiago and Barack Obama were in my Mars training course in the summer of 1980 from 81 to 83. I encountered Andrew, Courtney Hunt of the CIA, and other Americans on the surface of Mars after reaching Mars myself via the jump room at El Segundo, California. I'm just trying to process. Like, if someone came up to me when I was, like, a teenager and was like, hey... I know your life story. This is what's going to happen to you. I'd be like, you're a fucking nut. No. So listen, all of this shit, everyone thinks that Andrew is a nut, but he is a board certified. I don't know the term for lawyer, but he is a certified lawyer in like, he's a fucking a lawyer. Right. He has like, five fucking degrees he it's hard to discredit him you know what i mean because he's so like but like me i never heard of this dude so like you know like if say that he was still is he still doing this today oh yeah okay say we never did this episode little little andrew comes up well so little anymore (laughs) andrew comes up to me and he's like hey you're gonna be the next president i'd be like i don't want it (laughs) like you're fucking crazy yeah no everyone there are okay so you think andrew is crazy go on reddit and find his followers because jesus fucking christ i can't tell you how 
absolutely insane some of these people are. I, uh, okay, so I'm almost done. So, and then we can chat it up. So the White House vehemently denies President Obama ever being involved in this program or ever going to the surface of Mars. Both Brett and Andrew say their memories were wiped because they weren't supposed to remember going to Mars. So maybe Obama's memories were wiped and he genuinely doesn't think that he's ever been to Mars. Dude, that would be so fucking trippy. Yeah. What's the whole point of doing it? Uh, Oh, actually, to um, the Mars program was created to start mapping the area and to create defense plans in case we were ever to be attacked by aliens. And also to get like the Martians used to Earthlings. Well, somebody better tell them that there's aliens on Mars. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, so Stillings and Basiago both also remember Major Dames saying that they have sent 97,000 people to Mars. 97,000. And of those 97,000 people, only 7,000 have survived. Those aren't great numbers. Mm-hmm. Also, I found other another affidavit on Scribd that um, Laura Eisenhower, like Dwight D. Eisenhower's granddaughter or great-granddaughter, I think, denied being put in this program. They tried to recruit her to be part of this colony on Mars, and she said no. Good looking out, Laura, because um, those numbers are not great. So... Uh, the purpose of the Mars program, we said that, but imagine this. The United States claimed the fucking territory first. So legally, Mars belongs to the United States. Who would have thunk it? We can own planets. I fucking guess. So the subjects of this program, of the Mars training program, were literally told that their purpose was to be seen and not killed. So go there. But don't get dead. Okay, last thing. Andrew claims that while he was on Mars, he saw a dinosaur called a Martian plesiosaur, scorpion men, as well as humanoid creatures. Literal Martians. Let me hear it. I want to hear your thoughts. Go. Scorpion? So what? Scorpion men. So like... like Man-sized scorpions. So like the scorpion king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, alright. Um. Uh Uh-huh. Scorpion Dinosaurs, Martians. But we're going there in case of aliens ever come here. Got it. Yeah. Um, I love that plan. Mm-hmm. I would love to be with uh, the Scorpion King and dinosaurs. Yeah. And Martians who potentially hate us because we claimed their fucking planet. That's not how it works. Although, white people suck. And we did that with this land that we currently are standing on. So... So, I don't doubt that the government has some sort of teleportation or time travel technology. I wouldn't put it past them to be hiding that from us. I mean, they hid Area 51 from us for how long? You know? So, but I don't, I don't really believe that Obama went to Mars. I don't really believe that anyone has been to Mars. I believe there is life on Mars, but it's not us. Right. I don't know. I feel like 
some of these things may true may be true, and I feel like others were maybe exaggerated. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, or fucking my conspiracy brain going like who says maybe their his brain wasn't corrupted by the government saying like hey like you're right what if he was a part of like things and he really didn't what if he was a part of like mk ultra and he's been brainwashed and is saying all these things Mm he um i guess we have two more elections we have 2024 and then 2028 to see if he becomes president and then we'll see if it's actually true. And we only have, you know, uh, 23 years until 2045. See if he's really telling the truth here. I don't know. I feel like, like I said, it's very hard to discredit him because of his career and his educational status. But also the things that he is like said are fucking insane. Right. Insane. I, that's that's my only, those are my only words. Just wool. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's, I don't know. Like, when I thought of time travel, I just, see, this is where, like, I feel like Luke would be a great, like, fill-in. He talks about time travel Mm -hmm. and different universes a lot. And that's how I started opening my mind more because of him. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, to, like, time travel and parallel universes and shit because I didn't really believe in that. I'm like, right. No, like, it's hard to, like, wrap your brain ab- around, like, the same shit is happening at the same exact time. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. And it's like, man, like, what 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 if, like, in a different reality, like, I'm right there? Like, I could be, l- I'm sitting next to, like, that's how my brain is working when I think of, think of like, time travel. Like, I'm right there. Erica, in yeah. a different reality, this could be your house. Yeah. Isn't that fucking weird? in a different reality well there's probably a parallel universe where we're not friends yeah there's probably a parallel universe where i don't have macy oh no (laughs) i don't like it (laughs) yeah like it's very hard to like wrap your mind around it and like think about it because then you're like well what what the fuck like what if i didn't have this or what i didn't have this and but then when you think about it more it's like but like what if this never happened and then something better happened like, you know, you just constantly think about Or that. something worse. Yeah. <laughs> there are two types of people on this planet. But it's weird. Okay, I, I mentioned this earlier, and then I never... I said we would get to it, and then I realized that I didn't put it in my notes, so I didn't actually get to it. Um, as far as why didn't they stop 9-11... Oh, it's because, like, like you said, the butterfly effect. Like, yes. But also because they... So if they had sent... If they had changed the outcome of 9-11, say they had, like, canceled all flights on September 11th, 2001, maybe, first of all, yes, but also, who is to say that it wouldn't then be become 9-12 right. or 9-13, you know? You can't necessarily stop, like, a plan. Yeah. It, it just get postponed. Right. So, but not only that, but also... If they do successfully prevent 9-11 from happening, like it never happens, the Twin Towers are still standing, then they have to, all of the information that they went for went forward and gathered in the 1970s from 2045, all of that information is now invalid. So now they have to take someone else and send them forward again into the timeline that they created. Right, yeah. 
it's just and like a little thing like that could have changed so much yes oh a little a little thing like that can you imagine we literally wouldn't have like tsa we wouldn't have all of the security shit that we have like oh yeah sorry it wasn't a little no 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 i know what i I know what you meant but like i mean butterfly effect kick a fucking rock Mm -hmm. and you fucked the whole future up i like not gonna lie that's how my brain works too no like i think about i hate it i hate it a lot i think about every little thing that i do and i'm like oh man what's this gonna bring my life or man what if i never i mostly think of like what like what if i never did this like yeah the stupid shit i do i do too like, man, what if I never did this? The things that you say at not, that you say keep you up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, man, like, man, if I didn't do this back in 2011, I wonder where I would be. <laughs> Anxiety. <laughs> so that's that. There's that one. Mm-hmm. I don't deny the existence of the ability and technology to time travel, but I don't know that Andrew Basiago is the person that I want to fully believe, you know? But thanks, Andrew, for your input and your stories. You blew my fucking mind with the whole uh, Lincoln thing, like the running into yourself thing. That fucked me up. (laughs) Yeah, that would fucking be weird. Yeah. Oh, you said he got arrested, right? No, no, no. He had a letter to give to um, the Navy, Navy... what is happening? The Navy secretary in the event that he got arrested. So if he did, he had a letter explaining his, like, why he the fuck he's there and why the fuck he's not from 1860s. <laughs> you know. Can you imagine just giving someone a note back then? Be like, yeah. By the way, I'm from the 1970s. I'm literally from a hundred years in the future. Okay, let, let's talk about that real quick. Um, do you even think, like, they would have believed him? Do you think that they would have thought this child was a fucking nut? They would have thrown him in a fucking insane asylum. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like, th- this note isn't going to prove anything. This note is going to be like, wow, this kid is really yeah. fucking strange. Yep. They literally would have thrown him into a mental hospital so fast. Yeah, because, like, back then, there was, like, nothing. Which? Well, yeah, exactly! <laughs> Burn him at the stake! Like, God. Yeah. So. I'm glad that didn't happen, Andrew. Same. Same I think. I wonder if they. If that would have happened. Like, if he would have gotten arrested. Would they have been able to pull him back? You know what I mean? Yeah, that too. Like, how would they have known? Like, would have someone gone back. Like, gone there and been like. Gone to fucking retrieve him? Yeah. Yeah. Andrew. Hello. My dearest boy, have you seen him? Oh, God. Oh, yeah, we've got him. He's he's right there in that there prison cell. Fucking throws them in there, too. Good God. Oh, they didn't even have... Did they have cars in 1860s? Or was it still, like, horse and buggies? Can you imagine all of the shit that happened between 1860s and 1970s? TV, music, yeah. the printing press... Wait, no, that happened way before. That was dumb. <laughs> I don't know, like, radios? Eight, uh, 1886. So, yeah, there literally weren't even cars yet. Oh, my God. Wow. Cute. 
Oh, wow. You look like a horse and buggy, Elmo. <laughs> Just with an engine instead of a car. Or a horse. <laughs> so an engine instead of a horse. <laughs> I fucking hate myself. Okay. Well. Uh, check out Erica's episode, which we're about to record right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about the, the UFOs. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. And that's okay to say. Yes, it is. It's fine. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> So, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for sticking it out through our little six-week hiatus. Can you stop making sounds like that? You're weird. Um, yeah. Uh, now we're going back to, or we're going to every Tuesday. So, join us every Tuesday. Um, our social media and our website have changed. Um, you can now find us at MysteriousIshPod at gmail.com that's our our email and also our <clears throat> website is mysteriousishpod.com uh, so anyways cool so we will see y'all next week bye Thank you for listening to Mysterious Ish. All episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory. Follow us on social media at Mysterious Ish Pod. If you have topic suggestions, questions, or stories to share, you can email us at mysteriousishpod at gmail.com or visit our website at mysteriousishpod.com. Make sure to come back next week for another discussion about the mysteries of the universe.